Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Since 2019, when Democrats took complete control of the state legislature, there has been a renewed focus on making it easier to vote, including the creation of early voting, implementing a process to fix absentee votes with errors, and more. But state policymakers have stopped short of creating an electronic absentee ballot submission system, which advocates for New Yorkers with disabilities, as well as members of the military serving overseas, say is essential to ensuring these New Yorkers can cast a secret ballot. To discuss legislation that would create this type of process. We're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Martin Cahill, Legislative Chair for the New York Chapter of the American Council for the Blind. Welcome to the show, Martin. Thank you very much, sir. And we're also hearing from Rebecca Nowachuk, Director of External Partnerships at Secure Families Initiatives. Thanks for joining us, Rebecca. Thank you so much. This is great to be here. So I think most people are familiar with the traditional absentee voting process through one reason or another, which involves applying for an absentee ballot, either remotely or in person, getting the ballot sent to you, and then mailing it in or dropping it off. And for a lot of New Yorkers, that process can be done independently, but that process looks different if you are serving overseas or have a visual impairment. So let's cover what the status quo looks like right now for these New Yorkers. Martin, can you explain the absentee voting process as it currently exists for New Yorkers uh, with a visual impairment? In 2022, a law was passed to allow people with a visual impairment to receive an accessible electronic ballot. That would be a ballot that they can access online and use their screen readers to help them complete the battle online. That, that was a major achievement. However, it falls short in the fact that once we've completed it online, we now have to print it, sign it, and mail it. So if you're visually impaired, the likelihood of you having a printer falls greatly. The ability to know whether there's toner in your printer is also another challenge. And just in general, people, you know, sighted people have a lot of difficulty printing. I have to go to my parents' house. <laughs> yeah. So with that said, we, we then have to sign it and make sure we fold it correctly and everything is done right into the envelope and, and mail it off. So that there's a number of difficulties inherent in that. Our rights are to be able to vote privately and independently. We, it's, it's wonderful that we do have the accessible ballot, but we, again, we, we need assistance to complete right. it. So so the privacy has gone away and the independence has gone away. But if we go to polling stations to, to cast our ballots, we are told that we will have ballot marking devices available to us uh, where we can vote again privately and independently. 
but but that's not the case. And I can tell you about about my personal story last November, the most recent time that that I went to vote. I had my daughter drive me to the polling station. Uh, it's a wet day. It's it's raining quite hard. There's a lot of traffic. There's no parking. Uh, she dropped me at the at the polling site. I I went in. It's overwhelming the amount of people who are rushing around and and everybody's trying to to complete their their business. I'm hearing people saying, "Can I help you?" I don't know if they're talking to me. I don't know if they're talking to somebody else. So it's it's a little overwhelming. Um, when I did finally get somebody to help me, I asked, you know, if I could use the ballot marking device, and they said, "I'm sorry, we don't have one." But if you wait over there, somebody will come and help you shortly. Um, I don't know where over there is. These people were all very friendly, but it was it was overwhelming to me. I ended up leaving and and waiting outside, calling my daughter and asking her to come in and help me complete my ballot. Now, a couple of months prior to that, I had met with people representing the board of elections, uh, where they where they demonstrated these devices, and and I've done that in the past as well. And and they always show us these wonderful devices that would work, uh, but our members' experience is quite different when we actually show up at the polling station. These machines are either not there, they're not plugged in, they don't work, or the people working there have not been trained on them. So there's a lot of difficulties in there. This electronic ballot return would provide us the ability to complete our ballots online using our screen readers and submit our ballot independently. Well, yeah, we'll talk about the response in a second. But Rebecca, can you talk about the experience that uh, New Yorkers stationed outside of America in the military go through right now if they want to vote in, in elections? Our organization is composed of military families who live and vote in New York, throughout the United States and overseas. And so we hear stories from our members every single election. And really the current system of voting right now in New York leaves the ballot box inaccessible for many in our community. Many military families vote absentee because they're stationed away from their voting residence, which means in New York currently this is just vote by mail. And so mail delivery delays are often out of our hands if you're living overseas. For example, in Japan, it's about like the delays can be six to eight weeks on average. So we hear stories like this all the time. For example, one military spouse told us when she was stationed with her, her family in Hawaii, she reported that her absentee ballot was sent and it made it all the way from her permanent address to the installation in Hawaii. Then it was somehow returned to her permanent home address with no explanation. It never actually made it to where they were living on base. So she just didn't vote that year. And then it, it gets a little bit more tricky if you're posted to a foreign military base and not by a U.S. embassy. Uh, you can encounter a lot of state postage fees. One of our members had a fi- family assignment to live actually at a Canadian military installation. So her family in this situation was on a base, but it wasn't a U.S. base, so it didn't have access to U.S. Postal Service. So she actually had to pay for a courier to get her mail back in 2020, which was extremely expensive. So our families face all sorts of logistical barriers to voting. And I just want to say, so I'm, I'm also a military spouse. Um, my husband just entered into his 24 year of service. And one of the values that really directed his service and our family's commitment is that we really believe in strong democracy that's accessible to all, which is really what grounds me in this work and is one of the reasons we have so many military families that care about this issue, even if they're not currently stationed outside of New York State. And 
we know as a community that our families face all sorts of logistical barriers to voting at the same time that we've made commitments to uphold the elections, right? The results are kind of staggering. As a whole, military voters are about 27% less to vote, while 74% of the eligible civilian population voted in the 2020 presidential election, only 47% of uniformed service members, and 8% of overseas citizens did the same. So many of our community wanted to vote, but they weren't able to uh, due to these arbitrary obstacles. Well, Martin, you started to highlight a possible response to this problem that plagues uh, both New Yorkers with visual impairments as well as New Yorkers in the military. What does a secure electronic submission of absentee ballots look like? What could the state be doing? The technology does exist. And uh, there, I believe it's 13 states currently allow people with disabilities return their ballots electronically. So a common theme would be you receive a PIN number and that's what you use in order to log into your ballot and complete it and submit it. We have had conversations with some of the vendors that provide this technology and there's methods such as end-to-end verifiability, encryption for, for the secure side of it but the security that I've, I've been told is available to us is uh, with that pin number you can go back in at, at any point after you've submitted your ballot and access what has been received in your ballot to check that it's that it matches what your intentions were we don't have that we're printing and signing and mailing our ballot once it goes in the mailbox that's that's it we, we we don't know what happened after that but this 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 way we we would be able to verify that our ballot was received and and is being counted well throughout the history of america there has not always been a secret ballot for voters so rebecca given that backdrop why is it important that the state invest in creating a secret ballot process for New Yorkers with visual impairments or serving in the military? For us, it comes down to who do we value, right? As a, as a community, as a society, and do we actually believe in everyone's right to participate in our elections from an equitable standpoint? I would say that, yes, we, we believe that. We're so thrilled to be able to partner with Martin's organization and other uh, organizations that are working on behalf of the disability rights community, because I think we share this shared interest. We share community, and we also believe that every New Yorker deserves the right to vote in a way that is private and gets to participate in our democracy. And I think that's what it comes down to, right? We really want our community as military community to have the same opportunity as civilians, and to be maximally deliberative about our choices, meaning that, you know, we should have until election day to make up our minds, wait for initial information to come out. And we deserve that. And and that is a right as as a New Yorker and as an American. And I would just add, you know, in addition to the 13 states that already provide this access for uh, communities um, with disabilities, there are 32 states that are already currently doing this for military voters and voters overseas. You know, for example, our neighbor to the east, Massachusetts, has already allowed this type of return through online portal. Research shows that the security of electronic ballot transmission is statistically comparable to existing mail-in methods. And looking at the studies around digital encryption, 
those methods are as secure as paper return while providing this type of more usability, fully accessibility, and uh, absolutely a more convenient voting method. Um, so that's really why we're here. Uh, we, we believe that all New Yorkers and all Americans deserve an equitable right to participate in democracy. Well, finally, if New York was to set up this type of system with New Yorkers with visual impairment or serving in the military in mind, is there any reason why it shouldn't be expanded to all eligible voters since it would likely or, or have the potential to increase participation because you could do the entire voting process theoretically from your home? Yeah, I, I, I don't see why it should not or could not be be expanded uh, to anybody who, who wishes to, to use it. Um, of course, you know, uh, we would have to ensure that the, the security measures are in place, as we would for people if we just rolled it out to those with the, with the disability and, and the, the Yokava voters, that we have to ensure that we, we keep pace with the cybersecurity measures in there. And there, there are a lot smarter people than I am that, that would do that. Rebecca, does that make sense to you to expand this to all eligible voters if something was launched? I would add that, you know, I want to live in a democracy where everyone participates, right? I want to live in a democracy where everyone votes and where everyone gets a say in decisions that impact their lives. And so I think I'm encouraged by the introduction of this bill. And, um, you know, we're we're grateful for the leadership of sponsors, Hoylman and Epstein, um, to move this issue forward. And I think that these are the conversations that we should be having as the technology continues to grow so that we can use technology in a way to ensure that everyone participates in our democracy. Well, we've been speaking with Rebecca Nowacek, Director of External Partnerships at Secure Families Initiative. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you. It was wonderful to be here today. And we've also been hearing from Martin Cahill, Legislative Chair for the New York Chapter of the American Council for the Blind. Thank you, Martin. Thank you so much, David, for giving us the opportunity to speak on this very important topic to us. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for the Capital Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capital Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.